you would open your Bibles and turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians, we're continuing on in that book, uh, in our series, The Family of God, and hopefully you had uh, picked up some sermon notes, or at least the bulletin, the sermon notes are part of that uh, bulletin as well, you can check that out. Um, just excited to be going through this series, The Family of God, kind of a coincidence, interestingly enough, uh, Hoyt and, and Charity were gone last week to Reno for a conference, and they went to church on Sunday morning, and I talked to them after church on the way back, and they said, yeah, guess where we went to church? Okay, this church. Guess what, uh, what, what passage they were preaching through? Ephesians 4. Wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. And he said, guess what the, uh, the series they were going through was? The family of God. All right, so Hoyt felt that he was all caught up, and you're caught up now, right, Hoyt? You're good. But that's neat. I mean, people are we're thinking about that, and it's on our hearts, and God's putting that on the hearts of his church to think about uh, the, the body being the family of God. Uh, as we've gone through this study, we're, we're kind of going through Ephesians 4, 1 through 16 or 17, um, and, and we'll get through that in the next couple weeks. Um, we're going to bounce around in Ephesians uh, next week and the week after a little bit. But um, in Ephesians 4, we're looking at uh, what, what, is, what is the family of God? And specifically, we started with what's its character, right? And I want to just review briefly here because it's so important, again, for us to know that we can't, we can't go forward without this character. Like, like, and this character can only come through really, really genuine, transformed faith in Christ. That, that the work of the Spirit is what produces this. This is a fruit of the Spirit. And that, so what, what should mark us as the family of God? What character should mark us as the family of God? Can someone throw one out there? What is it? Good all of you at once. I heard it all. Humility, love, right? Patience and gentleness. Those are things that should mark us. And, and I tell you what, that is not my go-to or default. Is it yours? Not so much, right? It's like, oh, I get that angst going. I got to like, the hackles raise up. Those little, I, I, I got to be careful. But, but God is empowering us to live in a way that is, is humble, right? I'm humble. I'm, I'm over myself. I'm done with myself, my own attitude, my own ego. But I can be so confident in God, right? And I move forward with that. And then I'm gentle, in the way that I approach and I, and I talk and I want to make sure that you are feeling like, like I do love you and I care for you as we talk about hard things. And then I'm patient. Man, it's, it, it's nothing builds patience like being a parent, right? Maybe, maybe it doesn't build patience. Maybe it just offers opportunities to be patient. But we see how impatient we are, right? And how long-suffering, how, how we have to suffer for a long time, right? As a parent. And probably you've really uh, understood that between us, Right? Maybe you like have a relationship with me. You're like, man, i got to be long-suffering towards Brandon all the time. Thank you for that. Thank you. Your graciousness is felt. I feel loved, and I want to come back. All right? And then it's loving. Right? I want to I lay my life down. I want to be loving towards you, and we ought to be loving towards one another. That's, that's what marks the body of Christ. The family of God is that character. And if, if I don't have that character as I'm coming towards the family of God, I need to stop myself and say, wait, I need to readjust my attitude or my, my approach. Maybe I shouldn't speak right now. I should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then I should develop in those things, those characteristics we've seen. And then we went further talking about the unity we see in the body of Christ. The unity is, is in conviction about who God is and, and what he's done for us. We're, and and we're, we're united not only in, in the conviction of theology about Jesus Christ, we're united because of the Holy Spirit who he's given us upon salvation. Remember I talked about this, that, that there's such a uniqueness to the body of Christ. There's a special supernatural unity that we share. It goes across outside of walls, outside of communities, outside of seas, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we could be in an airport in a, in a faraway land and a believer be next to us, 
And we have something in common. We are brothers and sisters, right? There is a unity that we share because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is amazing. No government can accomplish that, right? No, no, no United Nations can accomplish that. Only the Lord Jesus, by the power of His Spirit, can accomplish that. And we have that. We're united in that. Last week, we then went to look at what is the focus What's the focus of the family of God? And, and it's on this one faith, one baptism, right? That's, there's all these ones we read last week. But ultimately, it's on one God and one Father of all. That He is our everything, and He is in all and through all, and that we rely and we trust in Him. Our hope is in Him. Today, we move to number four. Today is looking at the, the family of God and its work. Its work. Remember, we're not just another group. Or a club. We are the family of God and there's nothing like it on the planet. And I, I want us to continue to see that and know that. I, I've been, I, I think I've, I was telling some of the other uh, elders in our church the other day, I said, I, I feel like I'm going to have this breakthrough, right? I'm having this breakthrough of seeing that. I think so much of us in, in America and so much of me has just been like, uh, we're participating in something, right? We're a part of something. And so I, I was a baseball coach or I'm part of a, another group in town or on this board or whatever it is. I'm just kind of participating in it. And I feel like we bring that sometimes to the body of Christ. Like, I'm going to go and participate in it. And it's bigger than that. See, when we participate on our own strength, what happens? Eh. But when we participate with what the Holy Spirit is already doing, and we let Him empower us and flow through us, that's a whole nother level of participation. And there is nothing like it anywhere else on the planet except within the body of Christ. Amen? It's amazing. So, I, so this breakthrough I'm happening is, is, is like kind of stepping into that, leaning, like it's not just like, oh, Brandon's kind of wise and has good counsel. I'm going to share something with you. It's like, no, I'm going to come in and I'm just going to let Jesus share through me the word of God and the passion and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want people to be stirred not by me. I want, I want you to be known, known and stirred by the Lord Jesus through his spirit. Even today as we're singing, singing songs, like I just felt like, I, this is more than just sounding off. This is like, I, I, I want the Spirit to grow in me and, and, and the hope I have to swell up in me and overflow to, to speak and sing these words, not only to the Lord, but to you and, and to my own heart. It's unique. It's something different. And I would even suggest and maybe confess that there have been times I've sung worldly songs way more passionately than I've sung these songs. And that's a little out of order, isn't it? Because when we really let the Holy Spirit be the guide and let it be what unites us, there should be excitement and passion that just cannot be contained within the body of Christ, even within our conversations. You know, today you look at the sermon, it's like, oh, it's about the work we're going to do. And we have this little care card in the bulletin, and they're going to have me sign up for something. No, I want, I want to have my heart for you and serve you in these ways that, I, that God has gifted me. And I want you to have a heart for each other and for me and to, to serve one another in the ways that only you can do by being dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's, it's, I don't just need to borrow your truck. I have lots of people I know I can borrow their truck. I need your heart. I need who you are. I need your help. I need your, your encouragement. I need your support and your truck. I don't need your truck. I have a truck. Right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more than just, oh, I'm just going to fill a need. It's like, no, I want to go out. Like, what, here's an example of this. We go, uh, during the wintertime, we have different teams that go out and, and kind of are assigned to different widows within our church to help do snow removal, right? That can easily become like, okay, I have a back, I have a shovel, 
I guess I have time, I'll go do it. That is not what it is. It is, I love you, and I'm going to just go towards you with my back and a shovel and show you how much I care and love you. And, and I'm not going to complain or whine because, because I'm doing this under the Lord. And that's what unites us. We're going to care for one another in that way. And that's just one small little thing. You're, you're making a meal for somebody. You send them a card. I've, to, I've told you how many times that your, your little notes, your little cards of encouragement or support, how much those mean to me and other staff at this church. It's, so, it's such a blessing from the Holy Spirit, above and beyond your own smiley face or your own abilities, that, that builds up the body of Christ. So we're, it's, it's bigger than that. I want us to continue to see that. As a family of God, this is way different than any group, club, civic group, organization that you'll ever join or be a part of outside right, of the church. It is the family of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, again, we're going to look at its work. Work. So we're in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. And uh, we are, our text today is going to be 7 through 12, but I want to kind of catch us up, just a rem- reminder. Paul says, Therefore I, a pr- the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Verse 7. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when He ascended on high, He took the captives captive, and he gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who has ascended far above all, uh, all the heavens, to fill all things. And he himself, verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Now we're going to stop there. This is a beautiful passage, and it's a little bit uh, technical and tricky today, but it shouldn't be too hard as we get into it. Uh, we're going to look at three aspects of, of the work of the, of the family of God, of the family of God, right? So we look at number one. It's in your notes there. What's the first work to do as the family of God? Believe. Believe. And this isn't even in this text so much stated. It's just this is what Jesus was asked, and it's important that we believe. And where does that, that opportunity come from? Well, he says that in verse 7, now grace was given to each one of us. Grace was given to each one of us. Now, if you look at that now in verse 7, the, the, the transition here between what was just said, what was just said is like unity, unity, one spirit, one body, unity, it's amazing. And then he says, now, or in spite of the unity that we share, in spite of the great unity we have, you need to understand that the grace of God was given to who? Each one of us. Right? So I think it's great to be belong, right, to a family. It's like, I'm a part of a big group. This is great. But listen, if you haven't responded individually to the grace of God yourself, you're just kind of hanging out. And you don't really understand the unity. You don't share in the deep conviction and the, the, the fellowship that we really have with one another. You, you can't understand that. 
Because that unity is formed from the grace of God to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. A couple of things about Christ's gift. I think there's one later we'll see that Christ gives gifts. But what is Christ's gift? It's, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is the measure of Christ's gift? It's salvation for you and salvation for me. It's salvation for those who would put their faith and trust in the grace of God. And the grace of God, right, is unmerited favor. It's you getting something that you don't deserve and haven't earned. It's me getting something I haven't deserved and haven't earned. Namely, in this instance, the Christ's gift is actually Christ himself. That's the grace of God. It's Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans, we've obtained access. Okay, we have access to something. That's interesting. Let's hold on to that. We have access through him by faith. That's Jesus. Into what? We have access into this grace in which we stand. So we have access into him to be united with him and no longer be enemies of God, but friends of God. And we boast then in the hope of the glory of God. Right? I have access into this amazing grace that's in Christ Jesus through faith in him. And, and, and in that, I will produce a hope of the glory of God. Now, we see this in John chapter 3 as well, building a little bit more. Uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, the spiritual leader of the day. And he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, speaking of himself, must be lifted up so that, right, he's going to be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So the Son was offered, it goes and tells us in chapter 3.16, right? It says, for God loved the world in this way. What did he do? He gave, that's this act of grace, his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not, again, send his world in. There's the gift of God, this grace of God, sending Jesus. He did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what he's offering us, is this salvation through Christ. And it says, anyone who believes in him is not condemned. Well, that's good. I feel a lot of condemnation in the world, isn't there? All the time. Oh, you're this, or you're that, or you're wrong, or you're not quite right, or you're, you're a heathen, or you're evil. There's condemnation everywhere. But for those who believe in him are not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is condemned, is already condemned because he did not believe in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is so important for us to get. As the family of God, it has to start with Jesus, right? Our work has to start with Jesus. And you're like, Brandon, just get me to the point where I just fill out the place where I need to serve. No, that's like starting, that's like getting in your car or trying to start your lawnmower and not putting any gas in it. You are going to end up pushing it and it's not going to run. You know the phrase, put the cart before the horse? Why would we do that? We have horse to pull the cart. Let's let the power be what draws and pulls and moves us. You and I, the point is this, you and I cannot adequately be a part of the family of God and serve one another by the Spirit of God if we haven't believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Remember, he breaks from this unity of, of in Christ and, and in this, by the Spirit of God to, to individuals. To understand this, that he wants you to believe. Look at what is the work of the church? Well, in John 6, Jesus goes on and talks about this. 
he, he, was, he was talking to some, some uh, spiritual leaders of the day, and they said, what can we do to perform the works of God? Great question, right? This is what we're asking today. What can we do to perform the works of God? The, the uh, leader asked. Jesus replied, this is the work of God that you believe in the one that he sent. Believe in the one. No, 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 no. What, what, what can I do, Jesus, to, to like serve in the church? Hey, how can I meet some needs? Hey, do you need a big donation or something? And what would Jesus say? This is the work of God that you would believe in the one he sent. He's like, I'm the gift. I'm the everything. In me, you're going to have life. In serving, you'll have nothing. He said, well, well what sign are you going to give that we would see and believe? So what, what are you going to perform? Prove, uh, prove to us you're the one to believe in. It, they said, our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness. Just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're saying, hey, Moses is great. Moses is, is feeding us. God's pro pro providing these miraculous things, right? And Jesus said, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. But my father, my father, first of all, acknowledging the bread that came down in the wilderness was from the Father. And he says, but the Father gives you, speaking to you and I individually, you the true bread from heaven. What's, okay. Well, he goes on. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That's the bread of God. And what did he say the work is to do? To believe. Said, well, sir, give us this bread always then. And he says, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Now that sounds like the fuel that we need. Amen? That sounds like the life that, that, and forgiveness that is offered, and the righteousness that is offered through faith in Christ. Because without him, we are lost, and we are lonely, and we are scared, and we are powerless. It's only through Christ I can say I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That kind of power, that kind of ability to serve is literally out of your reach and out of my reach. Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to just turn back there, one, one uh, little section, right? Let's look at verses 4 through 10. You'll probably hear some of this quite a bit in the next couple of weeks. This is, again, showing the grace of God. Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 2, he says, but God, uh, you know I love that, right? That, that phrase, but God, like I was once a sinner, but God, he says, but God who is rich in what? Mercy, right? In grace, he's in mercy. Because of the great love that he had for us, he made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our trespasses. Just a side note real quick. There are two identities anyone in the world can have. And I'm going to blow your mind here. There's not 5,000. You, you, you can identify however you want, but there's really two. You're either dead in your trespasses or you are alive in Christ. That is it. The rest of it is what you are. Who you are is either dead in your sin and trespasses or you are alive in Christ. Thanks be to God that he's rich in mercy, right? He says, you are saved by grace. There's the grace of God. And he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Gave us that status and position that we're going to be with him. To so that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace. Right? His, he is on display here, right? His grace is on display. Not you, not me, not how great we are, but how great he is. 
He's going to show His grace off through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. Listen, it is, it is all literally way outside of your reach. You know, as a parent, I do that like my kids all the time. How many times you see a kid that like wants to do everything an adult can do, right? And like, oh no, dad, I can lift that. Or, oh no, no, I can take care of that. And it's like, can I, can I help you? No, I don't want to help. Okay, okay, what do you do? You sit back and watch and you know that it, it's literally outside of their reach or outside of their effort to be able to perform this. You know it. And all the while you're like, just, just, just ask me, come on, right? And a good parent usually is like, I I'm, I'm, don't want him to get hurt for sure, but I'm, I'll, let him, I'll let him flail around a little bit, right? This is what Jesus has done for us. He says, the, the, the salvation is literally outside of your reach. The power of the Spirit of God within you is outside of your reach. It's, it's way too, too much of heavy lifting for you. But you are saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's God's gift so that no one can boast. Jesus has literally done the heavy lifting for you and made salvation possible. And verse 10, what has he done with that? He says this, we are his workmanship. We're his. We're his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So not only has he done the heavy lifting and, and made this within our reach because of what Christ has accomplished through faith in Christ and the indwelling of the Spirit, he is now prepared work for you and I to do and equipped you for the work that he has planned. Not on your own strength, because, because that would be out of reach. It's all in his strength. And if, if you are not in Christ as a forgiven, redeemed, new creation, indwelled by the Spirit of God, then, then whatever you plan to offer or sign up for will only be in your own strength and not in the power of God. And, and, and we can find that everywhere on the planet. But here... The family of God are those who are united in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit for works that will bring glory to the Father in heaven and, and be seen in a supernatural, unique way. Nowhere else on the planet. Believe. What is the work? Believe. Stop tagging along, because if you're a tag-along, eventually Jesus is going to weed you out and say, yeah, you never believed. You never had it. It was always out of your reach but it was right there offered to you and you, you're now condemned because you didn't believe. Believe in the Son of God. Number two, as we move forward here, what is, what is the work of the family of God? Number two, it is to serve. To serve. I, I had a really nice, eloquent, long point, but I, it really was just to say serve. It's to serve. But, but it's with the power of God, right? It's relying on Him. It's, it's to serve with the, with the spiritual gifts that God has given us. We go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and we look at verses 7 through 11a. Again, now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So now we see gift not only as eternal life, we see gift as something that God is going to be giving us later on in verse, uh, verse 8. He gives people gifts and those are means of grace for his other people. So now grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift for it says in Scripture, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive and he gave Gifts to the people. Which people? Each one. Each one who has believed. 
Verse 9, but what does it mean that he ascended except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? And the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens to fill all things. And in verse 11, first part of it, and he himself gave. He himself gave. The Lord Jesus is the one who gave. Now let's just talk about the, the gifts first, the, 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 the ways that we can serve one another. Uh, spiritual gifts are not like a vending machine. You can't go up and put a quarter in and say, I want this spiritual gift today. And it clunks out, right? Or you go another day and you, you push the button and it doesn't come out. And you're like, I want that spiritual gift. And you're shaking the machine. And it, no, it doesn't work that way. It's not like a vending machine, right? It, it's not even a, a master class that you can take online and like, I can learn how to become a master or whatever. It's not even that. Although we can grow in our knowledge and grow in our abilities and be more equipped for it. But spiritual gifts are from God. It says, and he himself gave. And in verse 8, he gave gifts to the people. So I want to look at a couple texts regarding spiritual gifts. And it's not going to be an all-inclusive thing, but we're going to start here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this. Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. Well, that's, that's nice of him, right? I think that sometimes we're ignorant about it. We don't really quite get it. Oh, I, I guess I can, I can run a vacuum. This is not what he's talking about. Anybody can run a vacuum. But not anybody just has the Spirit of God. And in reliance on the Spirit of God can serve in a supernatural, amazing way under the glory of God. He says, I don't want you to be unaware. You know that, that you, uh, when you were pagans, before we believed, you used to be enticed and led astray by, by mute idols. They didn't do anything. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, this is a test, right? No one by, speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. The Spirit of God would not say that. So, so that's a test. If that's what I think about Jesus, you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Uh, and no one can say Jesus is, is Lord except by the Spirit of God. That's interesting. He's talking about, I don't want you to be unaware regarding spiritual gifts. And he talks a lot about the power and influence of the Holy Spirit in that. There's got to be a connection there, right? He goes on. Verse 4, it says, Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries with the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. Can you raise your hand if you're one of those each persons? Right? Every individual person should be raising their hand. You and I are each an individual person. Maybe you didn't look in the mirror today, but you are. And we're part of a whole, and there are many gifts, but there's one Spirit, right? There are many ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities. The same God works them all in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for, here's why, for the common good. Ultimately, it's all going to start within and for the family of God, the body of Christ. And I, I, I want to make sure you understand this. Sometimes we kind of run ahead of ourselves. And in doing so, we run ahead to the community. We run ahead to our neighbor. We run ahead somewhere else. And we have neglected the body of Christ. It's like that in our families, right? We, we kind of talked about this, I think, a few weeks ago and maybe in a Sunday school class. There's a point where, where the loving Jesus and then loving your neighbor, your neighbor is the person in closest relation and proximity to you. No, not the house next door, but in the, in the, on the couch next to you or in the kitchen across from you. That's where we start. And then for the family of God, it's the, look around. This is the family of God. This is what God has called us to. This is who God has called us to for the common good. Paul writes about it in Romans as well, chapter 12. It says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to, 
Instead, think sensibly. You're not all that. I'm not all that. We think sensibly. He says, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. So now it's like, I'm I'm over me, and I'm trusting that God can empower, does empower, will empower me, and I'm going to have faith in that. I believe that God has something to offer the body of Christ, the family of God, through me. That's what he's saying. And in verse 4, now he's talking about how we fit. He says, now we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. That's okay. Now we're talking about a body. Think about the human body. We have an eye and a leg and a foot and a toe and different parts, right? They don't all have the same function. In the same way, we who are many, each individuals, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Oh, man. Not only do I fit somewhere within the body, it goes, goes bigger than that. Because I think when I say, oh, yeah, I, I fit somewhere, I usually caveat that with, I fit somewhere when it works for me. When it will work for my schedule, I'll fit. If I, if I, if, if I like the thing that we're doing, and I'm interested, maybe I'll do that. You fit, and it goes deeper than that. It says, you are members of one another. You, you belong to one another. That's what the Scriptures say. That I belong to you. And you belong to me. And we owe it to God to love one another and to let Him use the power of the Spirit through us for the common good of the body of Christ. Verse 6 of Romans 12, he says, according to the grace given us, okay, here's his grace showing up again, we have different gifts. Praise God, right? We're, we're one body, different parts. We have different gifts. If prophecy, use it in accor- in, uh, in, according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it to serve. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhortation. And giving with generosity. And leading with diligence and showing mercy with cheerfulness. Now these are no natural skills, but they should have a passionate, passionate, supernatural resolve that can only be credited to God. When Paul says, hey, if your gift is serving, this is, I, I don't get this sense from him in the emotion. If, if your gift is serving, then serve. Because he builds on it, doesn't he? Later on he says, if your gift is giving, what do you say? Then do it with generosity. It's like, hey, there's gusto that comes behind the gift that God has given you. There should be passion and, and re, like a, a, another res, resoluteness, right? I'm going to push forward with what God has given me to do. I'm, I'm going to do it in a way that is only credited behind uh, for God. And so what we, you and I need to understand, we need to stop hiding behind. Like, well, I, I once was this, or, you know, I, I, I used to serve in this way, or maybe I have this skill I can help out with. And, and, and we need to understand and believe that we have been made new through faith in Christ, and we have been empowered from on high by the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, I, I'm, just, I'm just a naturally shy person. Not anymore, you're not. I, I'm, just, I'm just not so talented at serving. Not anymore. Whatever you thought you weren't good at, guess what's inside of you? The Holy Spirit of God. And, and, and certainly that He'll gift you in different ways, but as He does, as it springs up, there should be a passion and excitement. Like, yes, I'm going to do this. I can serve in this way, and it's not me serving, it's God serving, and I'm going to go in a way that only provides for the common good of the people by the power of God. It's by the power of God that this happens. This is from God. 
Now, he talked a lot about the one who ascended and, and descended and all of this. And essentially, it means this. The Lord Jesus, he, he wraps it up in, in is it verse uh, 10. He says, the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens to fill all things. When did the Lord Jesus descend? When he was born, right? When, when, the, when Jesus Christ put on human flesh, he, it says it's like the great condescension. He humbled himself in the greatest way possible. He, he took the form of a baby, right? And, and so the, the greatest con, uh, uh, the humbling that he had, he came down, he descended. And you can say even further than that, well, okay, he was in the womb. That's kind of the heart of the earth. Or the heart of the earth could be really, what? The tomb? Jesus died, right? The Son of God descended to the depths of, de of deep, right? And then what does it mean that he ascended? Up from the grave, he, right? He rose. Christ is risen. And he rose and he, he, he taught. And then after 40 days on earth, what did he do? He ascended to where? The right hand of God above all things. And the Father says, I'm giving him the name above all names. What, what does it mean for us when Paul is writing this? He says, listen, the one who descended and then ascended, he's it. There's no one else. There's no greater one. I, I heard this stat many years ago. I had to look it up. I'm from Montana, right? And so the greatest temperature shift in a 24-hour period of time on planet Earth, it seems like it's Montana. Right? 103 degrees in 24-hour period of time. It went from like 50 degrees to negative 53 degrees. Right? Or negative 53 degrees to 50 degrees. In tw it was actually 23 hours time. Brutal. They have the record. And what we'd say is what? They can keep it. I'm not going to try for any records myself. Let's just let the one who has the record have the record. Well, guess who has the record in, in here? Jesus. He went to the lowest depths and the highest heights. He is our everything. He is our all in all. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's given us who have believed his spirit. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. So we don't go forward on our own, like, oh, I, I guess I can serve in this way because I have a, a truck. We go forward saying the power of God is in me and I'm going to move towards you for the common good. And I, and I don't have the skill. It's out of my reach. But guess what? I have Jesus inside of me. And he's going to do it all because he's the one who descended and ascended. He's it. So everything we do now, we should be done to give glory to God. We boast in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We want God to get the credit. We want God to be seen, again, within the family of God who believes and then serves one another with a supernatural power. It is only seen in this way within the family of God and nowhere else on the planet. Step up and step out in faith as you serve. Finally, number Four, number three, what is the work of the church, of the family of God? It's to build up the body. To build up the body. And again, uh, verse seven says, uh, he gave grace to each one of us. Going down to verse 11, he, he himself gave. Right, So he's giving. He's giving to each one of us. Then he gave to each one of us some uh, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So we have leadership within church, teachers that are giving counsel and wisdom and, and helping teach you. But what's it for? In verse 12, to equip the saints. Which ones? Refer to verse 7. Each one of us who equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the purpose of to what? Build up the body of Christ. 
What is the work of the church, the family of God? To build up the family of God. To build one another up. 1 Corinthians 12, he goes on with this uh, talk, speaking about spiritual gifts, he goes on. Just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. So there's lots of us individual parts, but we're one body. It says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. I refer back to the earlier sermons, right? We're, we're in this. This is a unity we share by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though we were individuals, we are now one. Indeed, verse 14 of Corinthians 12, the body is not one part, but many. It's, it's hard. We, we think we're individuals and we're part of the big, and when we're part of the big, I can kind of get lost. It's okay. But we got to come back to that thinking. Okay, yes, we're individuals, part of the big, but we're part of one, and there are many parts, and we're all individuals in that part. Therefore, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Is it for that reason not part of the body? Nope. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, then I don't belong to the body. Is it for that reason that it's any less part of the body? No. I mean, I think you and I can agree we like our ears and our eyes the way they are. And I'm not going to say, well, I, you can take a break today. I want both of them, and I want both my ears. And if, if you're the ear, and just because you're not an eye, you think, I don't belong, that's a lie from the enemy. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God, remember, remember it's from God, God has arranged each one of us individually of the parts of the body just as he wanted. I've, I've come to the point where I'm okay being a big toe. I'm okay. Toe jam and all, I'm okay. Why? Because it's the Lord who is organizing the body the way he wants. And if we were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the, he the hand head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Listen, when it comes to the serving within the body of Christ and the building up for the common good within the body of Christ, we need you. You understand that? We need you. God is using you for me and for them. She needs you. He needs you. I need you. And you need us as well. And there's a humility in that that makes us dependent on one another. We need to play our part by the power of God because we need each other in that way. Last passage of Scripture is in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, the end of all things is near. Pretty much, right? We look around like, yeah, it's any day now, right? End of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without, without complaining. This, that's supernatural, right? Just as each of you has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Use it. If you've received a gift, use it to serve others. 
as, as the very grace of God, that when you serve and you use the, the gift that God has given you in the way that only God can do through you, it is a means of grace from God to us. We need you. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the church. We believe and we serve and we do it for the common good of building up the body of Christ and ultimately for the glory of God. So believe. Serve. And build up the body, the body trusting in God's power. Now, take a minute here. Let's, we're going to switch gears over to this card. Go ahead and, and pull that out. We do this about once a year. I, if you don't have one, I, I got maybe a couple people can go. There's Matt. Uh, raise your hand if you do not have one. I'd love everyone to have one. We have lots of them in back. We'll hand them out to you. So raise your hand up high if you don't have one. If there's someone else, maybe KK. There you go. Thanks, bud. Can you pass those out? <clears throat> we'll get them to everybody that needed. Who, who doesn't have one? Raise your hand. Get a pen out of the pew rack. We got a couple on this side over here. Listen, listen um, when you fill out this card, you're not signing your life away. Okay? There's no little fine print that gives me the title to your house or the, your car. None of that, right? Over here, we have a couple more on this side. Raise your hand up high. And, and, and it's not in blood, but it's in the blood of Christ. That, that we're saying, I, I'm going to trust and rely on the Holy Spirit in me to, to let God direct me to where I fit and to walk in faith in that service. You might say, well, I'm, I'm just not... I'm not good enough at this. You're right. It's totally out of reach for you. But God. So if you put your name and your phone number on there, you mark some of these areas. I'm going to go through them with you. Greeting, or, or that's what you see people in the lobby and on Sunday mornings, greeting people, saying, hello, how are you? Our kiosk or guest service, we're trying to build that up better where we have people there that can answer questions, get people checked into things, and get them information they might need or, or service or help they need. There's check-in and follow-up calls after a check-in card is filled out. Maybe there's card writing you can do during the week. Other ministries. There's a prayer, right? A prayer chain that we have in our church. We put a prayer request out there and it goes to the people in the prayer chain so they can pray. Not a gossip chain, so don't expect that. Preschool or Sunday school teacher, right? We have preschool ministries here at, on, at church on Sunday morning. We have people who say, you know what? By the power of God, I can love children. There they are. They're coming in to join us. I can love children. I can, I can spend time with them. I can read God's word to them and, and teach them about Jesus. And I want to be a part of that by, by the power of God. Maybe it's nursery, right? We have, we have a huge need in our nursery right now. We do not have enough people within our nursery to, to continue it. Uh, it, it. It might have to go away eventually. I mean, we need people to step up and say, hey, once a month, I can, I can serve in the nursery. One, I, I like children and they seem to like me okay. I can bend over and pick up a kid. There's some physical abilities, right? But outside of that, it is actually relying on the Holy Spirit saying, God, give me a joy here. Give me a peace here. Give me a love and a compassion that's beyond my own ability. Maybe you want to be a sub in that category. Preschool children's church, children's church helpers, teachers, subs. We have our team kid ministry, which is our, our children's ministry on Wednesday nights. We always are looking for helpers or, or additional uh, bodies to be a part of that. And in our youth ministry, teaching adults on our worship team. Like, I, you know what? You have a gift and it's like, I'm scared to death to get up there and sing. Yeah, you probably should be. But if you have a gift of singing, trust the Holy Spirit. We're playing an instrument, tech or, tech or sound booth, setting things up on Sunday morning. We have so many different facets of ministry that happen on Sunday morning. 
We need people who are faithful to, to take care of their little corner to make this work. Help in the office or kitchen upkeep. We'd lo love to have a, a, a bigger kitchen team develop where there's more things getting done in the kitchen and taking care of and stewarding it well and making sure things are in their place for all the ministries that happen. Building and grounds, maybe it's construction or landscaping or yard work. It's cleanup or hauling or painting. Listen, if you don't have the spiritual gift of a truck, if you have a paintbrush, we can put you to work. If you don't have a paintbrush, we have one. And we can put you to work. In our compassion ministry, these are areas that come up of need within our church body. Again, sharing for the common good. Bringing or splitting or stacking wood for people. Rides to events or appointments, maybe the grocery store, grocery shopping for people. There's a moving ministry where when people in our, in our church family and even outside of our church family call and need that support because they don't have it, we have a team who says, hey, we'll, we'll do the best, of, best we can, show up, and get your packed boxes and furniture into a vehicle so you, you can move and it makes it easier on you. Same was true within our, our body here. Snow removal for widows in, needs, in need. You know, one of the things we're trying to do with that is, is not overwhelm three or four guys or gals. We're trying to say like, hey, maybe you and your family can take one widow. What a novel idea, right? Uh, making meals. If you like to cook, right? And for funerals or families in need. And you, part of that's just compassion and loving them, right? Um, visitation. Going and sitting with people and visiting with people, reading the word to them, sharing a story, sharing a prayer. Maybe serving during Wednesday night dinner. You want to serve during that time or you want to help set up or clean up or cook. Maybe be a part of the church safety team. Sometimes medical things happen here where we need people who are trained in those things and can, can move towards that in a, in a good way. Or maybe a safety and security team. Making sure our building is secure and while our children are in a different building during this time, we're making sure that everything's copacetic over there, right? These are important things that you can do. Or other, maybe you're thinking, I've got this to give and offer. We usually fill this out. Maybe you filled it out five times already. I don't know. It's, it's new and there's new things on it. We just want to continue to, to, to broaden the horizon for the body of Christ, for the family of God. That we can say, listen, we're going we're gonna to love in a way, we're going to serve in a way for the common good, and, and we're going to let God be the one who gives us the power to do it, okay? What I'd like you to do, if you would, um, if you take those and pass them, uh, let's go pass them to this aisle, the, both these, just pass them that way. And uh, if someone can grab them on this aisle, please, just pass them in. If you haven't quite filled it out yet, you can, you can turn it into the kiosk afterwards too, but I'd like to have those picked up. Mike, if you want to help on that side. Uh, and then as you do that, let's stand together and let's, uh, let's pray, and we're going to invite the worship team to come back up, and we're going to Worship the Lord because he is worthy. Amen. Thanks, you guys. It's, uh, it's so much fun being a part of the family of God. And sometimes it's hard, but, but we do this not because it's within our reach. We do it because the Holy Spirit is empowering us and strengthening us for the cause of Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we, we submit ourselves to you and surrender to you. We know that only by your spirit, by your power, by your strength, the fact that you did all the heavy lifting, that, that we can actually believe in you and have life, be moved from death into life. And God, uh, only through the power of the Holy Spirit can we actually adequately serve one another for the common good of the body. And God, to build us up in the unity we share and in the faith that we have, God, help us to play that part, to, to do our part. God, not on our own strength, but through willingness and through faith, trusting that you're the one that's moving us to, to love one another, and you're, you're the one that's equipping us to serve deeply out of a heart, out of a passion, out of a, as a resolute spirit to advance your love and your kingdom right here. We thank you. 
We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.